Good morning. Let's all stand up and sing together. O come, O come, Emmanuel. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captivity. Good morning. It's great to see you here this morning, this first Sunday of Advent. We're going to sing Christmas songs throughout the season, and we're really excited about them. Some of them will be traditional Christmas carols, and um, we, of course we want you to sing along. And some of them will be some songs that we've done from Christmas concerts in the past. Um, words will be on the screen. Anytime you see words on the screen, please sing with us. We're very excited about this season. Let's sing together, Away in a Manger. Love me, I pray. 
take us to heaven to live with thee there. You bow your heads and pray with me, please. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this time of year and for what it means to each person and how special it is for you for the birth of your son. And, and Lord, we ask you to prepare our hearts for this season and to just make our hearts open and full and ready to rejoice for you, Lord, and to remember that all of this is about you. In your name I pray. Amen. What kind of king would leave his throne in heaven to make this earth his home? While men seek fame and great renown in lowliness, our king comes down. Jesus, Jesus, precious one. to see both of you here this week. Oh, it's a bigger crowd now. Look, they filled in. 
It's good to see everybody. Uh, turn and greet your neighbors and children come forward to join us for a few moments of sharing. Good morning. How's everybody this morning? Look what I brought today. Can you smell it? Popcorn. Yeah. Well, I think there's probably enough popcorn in here for everybody, but in case there's not, I have a pack for you to take home when we're done, and I'm going to tell you why I brought that popcorn. Because why? Yeah, they do start out as seeds, but we're going to talk about something different today. Um, I brought popcorn because I wanted to talk about going to the movies. Does anybody like to go to the movies or watch a movie at home? You did? Did you get popcorn? <gasps> wow. Really? Okay, so we, wow. So we like to watch movies, right? And what goes good with a movie? Yeah, they just go together. Just like peanut butter and, y'all are good. You don't. Okay, well, yeah, that's good, too. Peanut butter and jelly, peanut butter and bananas. Um, what about a burger and? Yeah, yeah, Blake. Well, yeah, there's lots of combinations, things like that. They go together. But when we go to the movies, we like to get a big thing of popcorn sometimes, right? And we sit back and relax. But what happens before we get to watch the movie that we want to see? If you go to the movies, what, Blake? Yeah, you got to get tickets, but what do you have to watch on the screen first? What do they show you? They're kind of like commercials. They're called previews, right, for the coming. For other movies. Yeah, for what's coming to a theater near you soon. It's kind of the previews, right? And you see short little clips that gives you an idea of what that movie's going to be about so you know if you want to wait for it and see it when it comes out, right? Well, we're going to talk about um, something that's coming soon to us. Did you know it's only four weeks until Christmas? Yeah, it's only four weeks till Christmas. And as we watch the previews in the movies, we decide what movies we may want to see. Well, this is also a season when we think about things that are coming to us. You know what season this is called in our church when we light those candles over there? It starts with an A. Advent? Yeah. Yeah, we light the Advent wreath. And Advent means the coming of something important. Yeah. What's important that's coming at this season, at this time of year? Yeah. Yeah, Christmas. We look forward to hearing beautiful music here at church, the Christmas music. We see special Christmas decorations. And we look forward to Christmas parties and sharing gifts with each other around Christmas, right? And most of all, we look forward to celebrating the real reason of Christmas, which is what? That's right. There's something else that we look forward to during Advent. Do you know what that might be? We look forward to the day when Jesus will come back again. 
Jesus told his 12 disciples that he would come again one day, but when they asked him when, he told them that no one knows what day that will be. No one knows the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven. Only the Father knows. Well, if we don't know when that's going to happen, how can we be ready? That's right. We kind of have to be ready all the time, right? It's like the movie previews say, coming soon to a theater near you. They don't tell us exactly when it's coming. We just have to wait and watch, right, on that movie that we want to see. Well, this is kind of the same thing. We don't know exactly when Jesus will be coming again, but we have to be ready because we know that he will come one day. So how can we be ready for whenever that day comes? Can we do things that Jesus wants us to do all the time? Yeah. We can love one another. We can care for the sick. We can feed the hungry. We can help the poor. There's lots of things we can do. And if we're doing those things, we'll be ready for Jesus no matter when he comes. So I'm going to give you a bag of popcorn to help us remember that lesson, okay? But before we do that, before I pass out the popcorn, will you pray with me? Repeat after me, okay? Dear Jesus, we look forward to your return. We don't know if you are coming soon. But if you are, we pray that we will be ready. Amen. Good to see all of you here this day, and we're glad that we could be together for this hour of worship. We want to invite you to share concerns that you have for yourself or friends uh, in the form of prayer requests. If you have concerns that you'd like to uh, uh, have us join you in prayer, if you'd raise your hand, we'll get you a card that you can write something down that I can repeat, and uh, we will... Uh, take those up in a few moments after you have finished writing something down and uh, share that concern together with you. Speaking of prayer concerns, um, Woody Melton suffered a, a setback this week. Um, one of the openings that they did with a stent and a balloon in his heart fa failed in essence creating another heart attack so he's been back in intensive care since Thanksgiving afternoon. Um, yesterday afternoon late, he was moved to a regular room at Greenville Memorial and will hope to be back in rehab in a few more days um, here at Greer Cottages. But uh, of course that uh, complicates church life tremendously because we know who runs this show around here. Her name is June. If you have any doubts about that, let me lay that to rest. The, the wheels of the church are grinding very poorly at the moment without her. But she did manage this week to get um, the newsletter for the month of December printed. But old Arthur does not know how to mail this stuff. So we're going to try to get many of these things out as we can uh, directly. They're ready today on the back table as you leave. Please pick one up for your family. Uh, you will be the mail carrier uh, this month. 
If you live near someone in our church who is elderly or a shut-in, you're welcome to get several of these and take, give you an opportunity to go by and say hey to them and deliver uh, a newsletter uh, to them so that they won't be left out. And we're going to try to find some way to make sure they are not left out, but you can help us with that. Uh, also, remember June and Woody uh, in, your, in your prayers. Um, announcements for today. Young people, children like. Tonight is our last regular Sunday night program of 2010. Join us as we wrap up our unit on Nazareth, where Jesus was a kid. Remember choir practices from 5.30 until 6.15, and then mission kids and Bible study meets from 6.15 to 7. We will see you then. Uh, also, children, please join us for the Christmas party, Fit for a King, on Sunday, December the 5th, that's next week, from 5.30 till 7 o'clock in the social hall. All children of Memorial are invited to join us as we celebrate Christmas together. This will be a fun and special night you will not want to miss. Also, to everyone, you are invited and encouraged to attend our Christmas our children's Christmas musical performance next Sunday at 10 o'clock right here in our Family Life Center. That's during the Sunday school hour. Because of that, all children, whether you're in the program or not, all children's Sunday school classes uh, will meet here during that 10 o'clock hour. And I hope a good many of you adult classes will decide you can be here as well. This special performance by both our preschool and elementary choirs will take place during the Sunday school hour in hopes that everyone will be able to attend. And a reminder that our last Wednesday night supper of this calendar year will be this Wednesday night, December 1st, 5.30 to 7 p.m. in the social hall, and there will be activities after we eat. We have a delicious meal together, and we always have a good time of fellowship together. It's a great way for you newer folks to get to know some folks that you may not yet know. So hope that you can be here for that. Uh, just let Katie know if you can be here so we can sort of have an approximate head count of how much food to, to uh, prepare. We thank those who worked hard yesterday assembling a stage back there um, for the performance of our children next Sunday morning and also um, many future occasions we'll have to use that stage. And so we thank you folks for that very much. Are there other announcements we need to share? This time we will, before, I, uh, well I'll tell you what, if you got your cards ready, go ahead and lift them up so our ushers can collect them. And this time we'll ask um, Eric and Katie Jeter to come and lead us in the lighting of the Advent uh, candle. Sea darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Isaiah 60, 2-3. We light this candle as a symbol of Christ, our hope. May the light sent from God shine in the darkness to show us the way of salvation. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
Well, we just see who lights the fire in their home. <laughs> Any other prayer cards today? We got them all? I've already been told that there are several prayer cards in here that probably will say, Go Gamecocks and Go Terriers, but we'll just uh, know that ahead of time. Let's join our hearts together for prayer. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord, for this day and for these that have come with expectant hearts and a desire to learn and be inspired. Thank you, Lord, especially for your love for us as we see clearly demonstrated this week, this season, rather, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And these are our special prayers for this week. We pray for successful surgeries for Patterson McKinney and for Jake's continued progress. We pray for job opportunities for family and friends. We pray for a father who has alienated his children. We pray for Luke Hall, who's going to the hospital in December, and for Rachel Hudson as her uh, breathing treatments uh, continue. We pray for an eight-year-old boy who is fighting a disease we pray for the people of Haiti. We pray for troops in harm's way, their families and loved ones. We pray for the safe birth of the first baby, baby for brother and sister-in-law. We pray for Arlene's, Arlene Watson's surgery tomorrow. We continue to pray for Neil's chemo treatments we pray for a brother's marriage. We pray for a sister-in-law's health and marriage. We pray for the unchurched people in Greer and the world who don't know Jesus. We pray for healing for Mike Berg and Lori Moore. We pray for your presence with Neil Weiss as he receives treatments. We pray for a brother recovering from a broken marriage and a suicide attempt. We pray your presence would be experienced by Scott Hannon as he begins radiation treatments. We pray for successful surgeries for uh, a loved one. Lord, these are our prayers for this day and others that are in our hearts and on our minds. We lift these to you as we pray the prayer our Lord taught us all to pray, saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The scripture lesson uh, for today is Matthew 24, 36 through 44. No one knows about the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, 
people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. And that's how it's going to be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must be ready also, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Here ends the lesson. There are very few secrets in a house. There's one. But there are very few secrets in a house if there are any children around, as you know. They generally have a way of spilling all the beans, no matter how much you tell them to keep it quiet and to themselves. During a children's sermon at church, a child proudly announced to everyone that she would soon be a big sister. The pastor replied, oh, that is wonderful. God must have known that you needed a baby brother or a baby sister in your home. And the child replied, yes. And daddy says that God knows how in the world we're going to pay for another mouth too. Well, surprise, surprise. Talk about some things being uh, top secret. No one knows the day or the hour of Christ's return. Not even the angels near the throne of God. Even the only child in the family, only begotten child of God did not know. Only God himself knows the hour for the end of the world. And he's keeping that information to himself. No one knew the timing of Jesus' birth either. People had hoped, prayed, and prophesied about the promised Messiah for centuries but it still had a way of sneaking up on everyone when it happened. Like another child once said, God must like surprises. Well, that's putting a very positive spin on it. Every year for the, at the first Sunday in Advent, we have an opportunity to proclaim the two things we believe about the return of Christ. The two things that are very clearly taught in the Bible. The first thing that is taught is that Christ is going to return one day. The second thing that is clearly taught in Scripture is nobody knows when. Both of these truths are important for us to repeat every year. Without the eventual coming of Christ, there would be no accountability for human actions. And without the awareness that no one knows the hour, we would be caught up by the latest fanatics from various religions who would dupe us into going out and doing some very foolish things. There have been some strange cults and strange denominations that have sprung up in the last 250 years in America in response to some religious leader who said, Jesus is coming back very soon. Only my group's going to get to go to heaven when he comes, so you better join my group. Sell your possessions, 
Meet me up on the mountain. Wear a white robe when you come. Jesus warned, At the time, if anyone says to you, Look, here's the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. We can't know when, but the sure promise of Christ's return gives us hope. Law and order with mercy will one day be brought to our planet when the kingdom of God is established here in all of its fullness. The certainty of the, of the event assures us the uncertainty of the timing is supposed to encourage us to be on our best behavior at all times. The passage in Matthew, which is also in Luke 17 and 21, is Jesus' response to the disciples' question, when will the temple be destroyed, since Jesus had just predicted that, and what will be the sign of your coming? Jesus' answer seems to say that there will be many signs that we should not interpret as signs of his coming. False messiahs will show up on the scene. We will hear about wars and rumors of war. There will be famines and earthquakes in many places. Christians will be persecuted, and some will even turn away from the faith. But these things do not mean that the end is at hand, Jesus said. Think of them as very early labor pains that do not mean that it's time for the birth of the baby. Jesus said. Then Jesus added the words that we read today about the fact that no one would know the day of the hour. When Christ does return, he will return at a time that is normal time with business going on as usual. Jesus said that it would be just like the days leading up to the great flood that Noah lived through. Nobody saw that coming either. People were buying and selling, eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. And that's how it's going to be, Jesus said, when he returns. Then where did we get this idea that Jesus would return at a very low moment in human history? Well, maybe it was because things were bad also during the time of Noah. But when did we get the idea that that had to be what's going on in the world when Christ returned? Where did we get the idea that the world would be on the verge of a great tribulation? Well, that idea has come about due to the interpretation of the book of Romans known as dispensationalism or Darbyism. And I'm really not here today to run down that interpretation uh, of Revelation other than to point out the basic outline that you're familiar with. And I want to point out to you, too, that this isn't the only way the book of Revelation is interpreted. In fact, this interpretation is very new. Uh, it's only been around about 200 or 250 years. But people that, uh, it's such an exciting uh, flow of events that, uh, that people that have believed this interpretation have been pretty excited about spreading their teaching. And so most people just assume that this is the way it is. It's what Revelation teaches. But just as many people among the Christian fold view the book of Revelation as a first century book which dealt with first century issues. The beast was Rome, the Roman Empire, and the Antichrist was the Roman Emperor. 666 can easily be translated numerically as Nero, 
who was an absolutely crazy emperor in the Roman days who visited Christians with a first century holocaust. The things described in Revelation are similar to what Jesus predicted in Matthew 24. Things which were fulfilled when Rome invaded and sacked Jerusalem. Jesus even predicted that the persecution of Jews and Christians would be so severe and so random that two innocent men would be working out in the field when a group of soldiers show up, arbitrarily taking one of them off and leaving the other one. Two women would be at a mill grinding wheat when a soldier shows up and one of them is carried away, uh, carried off for torture and execution, and the other one is left. In Luke's telling of that, the disciples asked Jesus, where will they be taken, Lord? And Jesus said, well, where there's a dead body, look for vultures. A very clear reference that Jesus is saying that this taking of someone away is for execution, part of the systematic uh, torture of the, of the people. In other words, buzzards will fly over the place that they are taken. Jesus said that these events did not mean that the end of the world was at hand. The end would be coming at a time we least expect it. I was watching a repeat on television the other day, one of our favorite shows. Um, it's, uh, you know, that detective show, Monk. If you've ever seen Monk, uh, he was being threatened by someone who says, I'm going to get even with you, but not today. But be watching for it and expect it when you least expect it. And that just was too much for Monk to take in, to expect it when he least expected it. But that's kind of what Jesus was saying. Expect him when you least expect him. Therefore, it could be right now or later today or any time. The promise is sure. The uncertainty of the timing should encourage wise behavior. Expect it when you least expect it. Back when I was in the fourth grade, my teacher would go across the hall for a minute and ask the teacher right across the hall to listen carefully to make sure our class behaved. She had to run to the office and make a quick phone call about something. She would tell us then to begin some paperwork or homework while she was gone. We never knew when she was going to come back. The presence of that other teacher right next door down the hall uh, kept a lid on the noise in our classroom. But it was that awareness that we had that the teacher was coming back at a least expected moment that kept us in our seats behaving most of the time. Woe be unto us if she came back and found us doing anything other than she had told us to do. Like the time she came back and found us having a chalkboard eraser fight. It was not pretty. Jesus chose another example uh, to say, be ready. He said, if a homeowner knew when the thief was coming, he would make sure that all his doors were locked and he would be wide awake just waiting to catch that burglar. Like the sign said, never mind the dog, beware of the owner. The only way to keep your house safe at all times is to lock all your doors and windows at all times, every night and every time you leave it. And ask a neighbor to monitor your house while you're gone. In other words, be vigilant was Jesus' point. The fact that Jesus could return at any time, and we don't know when, is designed to keep us Christian soldiers ever ready. 
like firemen who can awaken from a deep sleep at a moment's notice to go fight a fire when needed. We can rest from our labors and live in peace day by day when we live in preparation for the coming of Christ. What it takes for victorious Christian living is steady, constant pace of life. When I was a student back in high school, I don't know why I'm thinking about grade school so much, but our English teachers would give us term papers. Y'all remember those days? Our English teachers would tell us that, uh, that we had all term to finish that paper. Now, term papers can be thrown together at the last minute. I proved that many times. But that isn't the purpose of a term paper. A term paper is supposed to teach a student to pick a steady pace and learn how to do something over a, a long expanse of time. To pace yourself, to pick that steady pace so that you can complete your paper not in a mad dash but in a nice even pace. Those English teachers really helped me to learn to write my sermons, I've got to tell you that. Most days now I finish my sermons before Wednesday of every week so that June can print it for those who are uh, uh, hard of hearing. In my early days of ministry, midnight Saturdays was the time to finish up a sermon. One of my teachers came to hear me preach a few years ago, one of those high school teachers, and she put her hands on her hips and she says, well, that sermon was a little bit better than those lousy term papers you used to turn in. <clears throat> I hope so. Jesus said, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and been ready and would not have let his house be broken into. You must be ready, for the Son of Man will come in an hour. You do not expect him. Jesus is coming back. We do not know when. We do not exactly know how. But it will be at a time that can be described as a time of business as usual. Therefore, we Christians shouldn't be like the students who wait to the last minute to finish up a term paper. We need to establish a constant pace of our Christian faith living that will sustain us throughout life, whether it is a short sprint or a long marathon before Christ returns. Expect him when you least expect him. Amen. I invite you to stand as you're able as we affirm together our faith in God as we use the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, Please be seated and we invite our ushers to help us as we receive our morning offering. And please sing along with us.
came from near, they came from far, following a distant star to where he lived. Not being sure of what it meant, but knowing it was heaven sent, they made their way. And the creatures gathered round. that night and wondered if they realized that star so bright was sent to tell all the land the son of God would soon become the son of man and the creatures gathered round and didn't make a sound up as we uh, join together in a response after the benediction and hear now the benediction. May you go forth in peace to live your life in readiness for the coming of Jesus as you spread his love throughout your journey. Amen. Go tell it on the Have a great week.